Uh, welcome to the Love Sport Podcast. This is Paul, your host. Be joined by my co-host, John. We're going to go through tonight a few of the Facebook questions from our Facebook group you put up there. So if you want to join the group, it is the Love Sport Podcast. You can get us on Facebook and Twitter as well. As always, this is the Love Sport Podcast. Another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. Paul and John, your hosts. Uh, hopefully, we do the sporting world proud. Um, mate, I might, uh, I don't know, might wait for a rant. What do you reckon? Yeah, man, hold yourself back. I know that you've got something you want to go for your chest, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Well, what we might do here is start off with a couple of uh, keep kick cuddles for you. Because okay, I know cool. you love them. I know you love them. Mate, the yeah. first one is nice and easy for you, I reckon. It's, it's actually got four in there, so you can do whatever you want. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, because I know you are a social media king. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. That's the ones. <clears throat> I'm going to get rid of uh, – I get, can get rid of two or just one? Yeah, yeah, you can get rid of two, mate. Do whatever I'm going to get rid of TikTok first, because seriously, I mean, it's amazing to me that people um, can make a career out of doing that and good on mm. them. I guess it's a little bit like being in a punk band when we were kids, but um, um, I've been in a few at school. You sort of fight a bomb of men. The kids sort of like that. It's funny. Um, just have to make a few moves. But, yeah, honestly, like <laughs> I've never actually watched one apart from the bit I saw of um, – of um, oh, what's his name? The dude from um, Penrith, Cleary. Oh, yeah. But when Cleary did his during the last clampdown, I watched his and went, well, if you're going to get – you know, thrown out of the comp. It might as well be for doing that with some pretty girls. So that's got to go first. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to go first. Uh, the second one. Well, I'm going to I'm going to cuddle Facebook because look, you know, we're getting older now. And apparently, it, it's aimed at us. It's the only one that I still really use, and yep. it's more of a way vehicle of me staying connected to people that I'm close to. I get I know who my friends are on there, so. But, you know, people say, oh, it's good. For young kids, there's an issue there with friends who are not friends. But yep. on there, I know who my friends are. And, you know, um, I also try to make it a not a con- constant political thing. I put a few things up recently where I've been feeling like some, a couple of things I thought weren't right. But still code them up. You don't make it obvious. Do you, um, um, do you just before you continue, actually, we'll come to that after you do that. So you I think I think pretty hard about what I put on there. And I try yeah. to most of the time to be funny and bring some levity to it. Once in a while, I'll kind of let people know where I'm at. I think, is that what, go ahead and ask me what you want to ask. Yeah, okay, so at the moment, just so we, we know, Facebook you're definitely keeping, TikTok is gone, it's been kicked to the curb. Um, I'm asking you this as a serious question, mm. which is pretty weird. I don't put a ton up on Facebook. I'll put up like a weekend of, you know, we've gone to the beach, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And every now and again, if I'm super pumped up, I'll put something on there, but it takes – I think you're right. I take a long time to put it up. Like, I put up something about Man City last night. It was pretty tame. You know, so you've you got to remember, people are going to see it no matter what your security settings are. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, we've got friends who put up a lot of political stuff, and um, I find that their feeds are almost all that at the moment. And you've got to have some levity, mate. That's just my feeling anyway. It's easy to go down that rabbit warren. I mean, I've seen people do it on. I've seen people do it on the other social medias. 
Um, surprisingly, I'm going to cuddle Twitter mainly because when I did like it and I did use it, it was an incredible vehicle for me making contact with people mm. in the normal course of my life I never would have been able to reach out and have a connection with. And I think when it's when it was done like I mean, there seems to be a more a more innocent time with it. Um, but I really loved it back then. You know, I've obviously fallen out with it now because there's just so many people on there that aren't I don't think that they're real, even if it's them. I don't think it's really them. Yeah. It's yeah. just so aggressive and and horrible about everything. It just um, you know, just just take people down all the time. The art of discussion doesn't exist on Twitter. So, and I'm going to throw out um, Instagram because, frankly, it bores the crap out of me. And I, I don't really understand what the attraction of it is. To me, it doesn't seem different to Facebook. It's like do some you, photos and that's it. Do you know I put stuff up on Instagram as an afterthought just to keep it going? Mm. I, I don't I, – I must be the same as you. My kids love it. Um, they, they think it's amazing and they put a lot of – but they don't really use Facebook, so for them – Instagram is their connection to their friends. Yeah. Uh, so I, I get where they're coming from there. They they don't even they haven't even asked us for Facebook. Teenagers. So think about that. <laughs> um, but mate, I've really been the same as you when it comes to Twitter, and it's been really uh, actually invigorating for me in the last week or so because yeah. I think I've surrounded myself with conversations and people that. Uh, like you know, I don't mean like-minded. We disagree on things, but give you an example, mate. Uh, Jack Grealish looks like he's off to Man City, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But the Villa community, as a whole, you would expect, uh, you know, a lot of vitriol and hatred. It's been really the opposite. I'm not saying we're loving Jack Grealish, we're loving each other. So we've been saying a lot of stuff like Villa is bigger than one player. You know those kind of things. Mm. Um, They've put a couple of things up called uh, – oh, one of them is um, putting their back to Jack. So <laughs> turn your back on Jack's one of the Twitter feeds that's going up. So they don't want to boo him. They don't want to cheer him. Just when he comes out for City, they're just going to turn their back on him, which I think would be amazing if 30,000 people at Villa Park just turned away. No noise, no booing, anything. That could be pretty cool. And uh, Villa Voices got up as well where people are just um, – just showing their love of the club instead of worrying about what's gone wrong. So, well, that's good. That's and I don't what, think there's just uh, trying to proceed. Jack Grealish and his agent trying to make out like, you know, we're all still in love with Villa and all that. It's nothing like when Battistuta left Fiorentina and went to Roma. Oh, no. It's just no. nothing like that. You're only at the beginning of a journey there. Like, the great players stay and, and they stay, or they make a decision to go somewhere else. So I'm going to put. My card's on the table here with this discussion. I've seen mm. lots of people walk out the door at Newcastle United, big bought, paid, all that sort of stuff. Oh, the money's this, it's this, you know, opportunities, whatever. Alan Shearer. Yeah. A guy who just wanted to play for his own hometown club um, and and he did it in the best way possible and you just know he bleeds black and white. I want to be like him. What did, in what way do you want to be like him besides the money and uh, the fame and being, you know, one of the greatest um, pure scorers I've ever seen? How else would you like to be like him? Loyalty. <laughs> Mate, we, um, we had a discussion last night in our house and um, I actually turned it on the kids and said, what do you think I would do? And it was so amazing. Just I didn't enter into the discussion like telling them what to say and they all went, oh, 
you would you would stay at your club for less money. And that was, I feel good. I must be teaching the kids something right. Well, what would have been a more interesting question would have been you asking them what they what what they think you would have told them to do. Mm, that's a really good question. I think they wouldn't. I think they'd know what I'd say there as well. Man, it's tough. Like, I mean, if you've got a young guy at the Suns there and he's in the third year of a contract, and you know the Tigers come knocking, uh, like happened a couple of times, uh, you know. I, you ask look, him to stay, or do you say, look, get on your bike and get down there and win some premierships? I, I hear what you're saying. I, I don't disagree there other than I think Villa's far better placed than, than Gold Coast Suns are placed in their respective competitions right now. Maybe. That's only a, that's only a six-month sample size. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're, I, really, you're really struggling before that. You're talking on the field, though, but I'm talking off the field. We're the only Premier League club without debt. Um, we've got two owners who are uh, very much invested in the club and um, we've got a fan base that's um, buying the tickets. So I think I'm talking more as a whole club, not just the team, you know, season to season, mate. I think we're really... Well, I can tell you, uh, being not in debt is no virtue for a football club because Newcastle was that for years under Ashley. Would Yeah, but I, I know what you're saying. I do know what you're saying, but I, I, I still think we're a little bit different to uh, that gentleman. Mate... Anything for me? Did you get any keep kick cuddles? Yes, no's, anything like that for me? Uh, oh well, um, let's go with this one. Um, the West Indies team of the century was named based on wisdom rankings. Yep. Uh, did you see that one? No, I didn't. I didn't. Now I'm going to give you three names out of it, and I'm going to yep. ask you to keep cuddle or kick based on yep. this team. Viv Richards. Brian Lara and Shivner in Chanderpool. Jesus. Now, now, I think I made that pretty easy because I could have made that a whole lot harder. I, I, well, go go harder if you want, mate, because my... All my, right, let's, let's drop out Shiv Chanderpool and put Gary Sobers in. Oh, Jesus. Okay. No, Gary Sobers. Holy crap. Now you've now you've made it a good one. So you got okay. Viv, Brian, Lara, and yeah, yeah. Gary Sobers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you might might surprise you here. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I am going to keep Gary Sobers. Never saw anything of Gary Sobers. I'm relying purely on the. I mean, I've seen you know video and all that, but I never saw him live. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go Gary Sobers because of what everyone else's opinion was. Yeah. From my dad to everyone I've met from different countries, they all say absolute purest cricketer they've seen. So who am I to be a recency bias? I always say you should fight that. So I'm going to keep Gary uh, Gary Sobers. I'm going to cut all Viv Richards because that gum and that uh, not wearing helmets and just the swagger. Yeah we wouldn't be where we are. And it's very close, close to keeping him. And and the kick, the kick is the, the most gentle kick. It might be a, a nudge of the toe uh, yeah. to Brian Lara. And I've had the ability to have a night out with Brian Lara. Yeah. As you probably are aware, yeah. uh, when I was working in crickets, uh, we rocked up to the Star Casino and there he was with four women, four women. I'm not, saying they could have just been mates and everything but he had four women mm-hmm. and of course I was with a big group of guys from cricket and I just went up to Brian I said look 
it'd be a lifelong dream. Can I buy you a drink and I'll walk away? And he said, you can buy me a drink, but you've got to sit down with us. And that is one of the greatest sporting moments of my life. So That's pretty awesome, man. And even though that couldn't even save him. No. <laughs> no. Because I have, to, I have to go on the legacies that I see of them all, and they're so close. But, I mean, geez. Would you love Viv Richards in your team every day of the, every, every day of the week? Well, I think I'm on record as saying Viv Richards is my favourite cricketer ever a million yeah. times. You have. You and have. on this so, podcast, only followed by um, Wazam Akram. And uh, there's no way I'd be leaving him out. Uh, he'd be number one for me. Other yeah. interesting things in this team was the three big Ws and Walcott, Everton Weeks and Walcott both made the team, but uh, the great Sir Frank Worrell didn't. Wow. Um, and the other thing was the bowling lineup was quite interesting. Okay, give us the bowling lineup. Well, I'll give you the full team. Um, yep. It's worth it because there's the great George Headley there. Yep. Um, to, uh, then there's Viv as an opener, which is strange. Yeah. Uh, Brian okay. Lara, because they could have got, they obviously didn't do it just based on, on position. Lara, Weeks, Shiv Chanapur. See, I'd be bumping him. And I mean, Shiv Chanapur was a great player. Yeah, but is he at this level of great player? I don't think so. I mean, come on. There's other Just, from this West. I mean, I'd take Richie Richardson in front of him. Before you, oh, So would I, every day of the week. And Just before you give us the full team, tell me Jeffrey mm-hmm. Dujon's there. No, because Walcott's got the wicket-keeping gloves, man. Of course. Oh, of course. Oh, I just love watching Dujon. Yeah. That's Bad a pretty tough spot, and that's, tough. that's a tough get there. <laughs> that, then you've got Gary Sobers, all-rounder. You've got Malcolm yep. Marshall. Uh, who yep. would have been the first guy picked for me in this team? Wes Hall, because I believe you build teams around false bowling. Wes Hall, Kirtley Ambrose, and they put Lance Gibbs in because he was always that record hot. So that gives their bowling lineup incredible depth. A lot wow. of people probably wouldn't have picked that lineup, but you have to go that Lance Gibbs was one of the greatest players of all time as well. Yeah, very much. Um, and yeah, so the other guys you would think to bring in obviously would be. Um, any of the great fast bowlers, or you could name. So Joel Garner missed court. out, did you say? Uh, yeah, it's Malcolm Marshall, Wes Hall, Kirtley, and Lance Gibbs. So Jesus, what a bowling lineup they've had over the years, eh? Wow. Oh, yeah. Michael wow, Holding's wow, not wow. there. No, nah, I was about to say Andy that. Andy Roberts. Well. Jeez. Um, Courtney Walsh. Uh, lots of great players that miss out there. And so I believe Courtney Walsh was a far better bowler when he was 38 than he was yes. when he was 20. I thought um, I thought from his thirties he 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 got the art of bowling more, mm. slowed it down a little bit. He could do in swing, out swing. I, I carried yeah, the I, team. It's brilliant. I agree with you there. Yep, absolutely. So it's a really interesting list. I'd like to see that done for all the countries. I've got to get that list. Same, um, yeah. Uh, and, and it'd be interesting to actually make that list up ourselves um, and see I what we, we come up with. I'm, I'm saying a lot of ums, but uh, it was an interesting list, and I really enjoyed it. So there you go. Mate, we started a uh, Facebook group this week as well. Um, and um, for people who want to message us or anything and get on the group, um, it's purely we'll post questions up and stuff for people to answer. So it's not a page. It's a group where you can actually have that input and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had some really good feedback on there this week, mate. So I might just go over a tiny bit of that. Um, we posed a couple questions. Um, so... Okay, the first one we posted up was uh, who has been the best Australian sporting t- team of the last five years? Yeah, so that was a good one. So I didn't say national or international. I didn't put any qualifiers on there, if you saw. 
Um, we'll just go through some of the answers, mate. Uh, Stuart Anthony says the Melbourne Storm have probably been the most dominant. It'd be hard to argue that. <laughs> the, an amazing record. And even if you go for and against, their for and against is out of this world. Um, Nathan Williams said it'd come down to Richmond or the Storm. Um, the 2016 to 2020 Melbourne Storm, two premierships and four grand finals. Uh, Richmond with three grand finals in four years. He finds it hard to split. Um, you, you, you couldn't argue that too much. Really great one here from Aaron Dragwich, uh, Australian women's cricket team, number one in all three, num- number one in all three formats of the game. So they've gone past Ricky Ponting's great team. They've had 22 successive one-day uh, one international wins. They've won obviously several Ashes, World Cups, etc. So yeah, good answer there, Aaron. I love it. Um, so I but, understand yeah, that. Hey, can I just make a point there? Yeah. As being people who love um, women's sport and all the rest of it. Um, I really hate it when we start comparing. And I think it's an awesome recommendation. Um, I think it's a great choice. But I don't really see the point. If we don't want to compare eras with players, why on earth are we comparing women's and men's sports achievements? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think it's the same thing. I mean, I, I don't think you compare Ricky Ponting's team to the Australian women's cricket team. And There's all kinds of things that I could say, some that people would probably say, oh, yeah, and some people you get in trouble for. But I think it's a bit ridiculous to say that, you know, I I think that the women's sport has to be able to make its own narrative, its own history, its own discussion. We don't compare women's tennis players to men. No. We don't compare women's golfers to guys. Um, We certainly don't compare women's swimmers to men. So why are we comparing sports teams together? And I'm I'm not bagging the dude to say, because I I agree with him, Taylor's a great team. But, see, that's where I don't vibe with the whole... Oh my God! The American, the U.S. women's national soccer team has done so much more for football in America than the men have because it's not the same competition. No, it's not. It's, it's just not. not. Uh, David it's the has... developed world against the developed oh, world, whereas in men's football, it's the world. Yep, absolutely, hundred percent. You know, from the slums of uh, slums of Mexico, slums of um, uh, Argentina slums of Brazil, and I'm not picking on slums, but we've seen people come from the poorest of the poor to be the greatest. The slums of Africa to play for yeah. um, France? hundred yeah, pretty good at there. that. Uh, that's actually a good call. Uh, David Hedgecock's coming out with a couple big answers here, so I'll see if I can cover them off. He's really hedged his bets here. He's gone Richmond in the AFL, so I see what he's done here. Richmond in the AFL, Melbourne Storm in the NRL, Perth Wildcats in the NBL. Now, I know you're not an NBL fan, but if you want to go back to no, the they're dominant side. I saw that post. Oh my god, point. they're one of the most dominant sporting teams in Australian history. It, it, oh. and, and it could be that they're not from Melbourne or Sydney as well. But and, and not just that they're an NBL team, but they're not from one of those big centres. He has put there the Australian women's cricket team as well. So he's got a few contenders, and then he talks internationally. So we might come to that another time because it's uh oh no, we'll come to it. Juve of Italy. Obviously, we know they're from Italy. Football, nine times winner in a row of Serie A. Uh, USA swim team that won the medal, counted every international swimming championship for the past few years. Great Britain in the equestrian events in the last few years and Chinese divers. So he's really, he's done his research. Well done. We'll have a look into some of those. I'll give you a team. I was, yep. I was Before he we went there, I was going to give you a team that I think is yep. worthy of mention. This is Australian team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the women's four by 100 metres uh, swimming relay team. Oh, yep, yep. Yep. Mate, they've been dominant for a, a, a while now. Great call. Uh, and 
Um, and they did it again at this Olympics. And quite honestly, one of the most breathtaking. Breath, it's a must-watch TV for every Australian, I think. And, yeah, um, and I really enjoyed them. Good on them. Uh, Matt said here the Perth Wildcats would have to be pretty close as well, and he hates to say it because I know he's a uh, Brisbane Bullets fan. So some really great answers there, guys, and I think you could have that debate as as, as we've said for a whole podcast. So not Australian, we, but they've got an impact here. The um, Crusaders. Oh, absolutely love watching the way they play. They, you're going to watch rugby and pure rugby. They are certainly the way to go. Yeah, um, they redefine the book. So thanks for those. Thanks, guys, for those as well. Um, We'll just move on to another one that we posted up. What's been your, uh, you know, your gold, silver, bronze in the Olympics? Um, as well, um, but I jump in the men's. The, yeah, no, I disagree with this, but that's fine. That's what sport's about. The high jump with the men choosing to share the gold. They're saying that's just, um, this is from Brent Cocker. He said it's uh, in the spirit of the Olympics. And I agree, but you still go to find out who's the best. Uh, the Indian Isn't the Olympics all about faster, higher, stronger? Yeah, I mean, it makes a fair Why point. Why this narrative is getting changed in front of us? It's like the Simone Biles thing. It's like, oh, my God, it's so brave to walk away. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, mm. look, everyone's entitled to opinions. He's got the gold there. Silver, he's got the Indian women beating the Aussies in the hockey. Um, I hated that. <laughs> whilst <laughs> that we terrible. hated it, whilst we hate it, not, and, and, uh, of course I do as well, what it meant to the Indian and hockey's huge in India and what it meant when you saw the way they celebrated, I can see where he's gone there. And M- yeah, Emma McKeon, McEwen, seven medals. Um, that is absolutely outstanding. So yeah, well put together there. She's uh, kind of been allowed to, it, the McEwen thing's really interesting uh, in that you look at where press goes to and what their stories and the narratives they create. Yep. And she's a quiet girl. She's a very much a quiet achiever. Um, who's been brilliant for a long time. And even when she was in the process of this current Olympics, tearing up, tearing everyone apart, she still kind of got pushed into the background. Yeah, um, she has. And she didn't seem to mind that much. Um, but to, a lot like Shane Gould before her, you can mount a very strong argument to say that she is the greatest Australian Olympian of all time. Yeah, 100%. And I think uh, quite a few people have gone along that line as well. Uh, David Hedgecock, again, thank you for um, getting a few answers here. He's put yeah, great down. nomination that last. Those last couple were really interesting. I like, I like hearing stuff from my field that the Indian thing really rattled me because um, hockey's another one of those games where I actually played at school. And I never yep. really watched it apart from the Olympics. And the Australian teams found ways of losing. They really are. Yep. They really are going. I think they're going to some super dark places. But Roy and HC made a good point that Rick Charlesworth never would have allowed this. Maybe it's time to get him back. He was unbelievable. Is he still with us? I'd, I'd have to check. That's really sad, isn't it? We should know that. Oh, I'm going to say he is. And, okay, uh, good. I hope he is. Uh, no, same here. I'll have to do some research on that. Uh, David's come with the same. He's come Emma. Um, the only woman to ever win, yeah, the seven Olympic medals at the one games. Um so, yeah, I agree with that. It's a gold. He's um, silver is Yolanda Neff, the women's mountain bike. Um, so she was meant to, she was, you know, in Rio, she was meant to have won. Um, she came back from injuries and, and couldn't win, and she's come back for redemption. I love that. Another left field one. And he's gone bronze, Katie Ledecky, for being the greatest female swimmer of all time and, you know, putting up some good efforts in this Olympics. So um, that's some pretty good answers there. 
Um, what did you think, Paul? What was your highlight? Do you know my highlight? It's been mine. My highlights have actually not been the wins. They've been like seeing Bowl come forth um, in his events, um, seeing guys like Stark, um, you know, go so close in the high jump, putting some relevancy back into sports that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, and I, my highlight, that's really lame here, and they're all men's ones, and I don't care. My highlight was seeing the Argentinian men, because you know how much I love basketball. So in the Argentinian team and the Australian team, the Boomers, clap off an Argentinian legend. One of the greatest basketballers Argentina's ever had. But, you know, the last minute of the game, the Boomers are well ahead, and they gave him a standing ovation as he came off for the last time ever. That was, to me, I love my basketball, and, and for everything he's given to his country and, and basketball, that was my highlight. Really different highlights to other people, hey? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I, 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 I hold you up here. You're telling me that an Argentinian dude getting clapped off a basketball court is your biggest highlight of the Olympics? Yeah, because... <laughs> the Olympics where Australia's actually been on fire all over the place, that's, that's it. Yeah, I think you, you could be right here, but I'm just going by, you know... Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. You're probably I'm right. I'm going to send Gary around to your place during a lockdown yep. and get him to drag you outside and give you... A good old sort of, you know, those sort of little, you know, those love tap uh, you get when you're like a, a seven-year-old kid. Okay, well. And say, so, look, I mean, it's nice. Look, it's nice, we'll man. Put it aside. I, we'll put it, it's what I get. It. What I I'm sorry. I'm just bailing your cage. And, and I think it's, you're probably right. And if I had to say an absolute highlight would have been all of the swimming, but mainly the women's swimming. Um, but for me, on a personal note, I haven't Well, it was to... mainly the women's swimming that was the yeah. highlight. But the thing is, I haven't got to see a lot of events live with work and everything like that as well. So nah. whilst whilst they're gold medals and everything, I haven't got to see them live. And I think that changes for me things, if that makes any sense at all. So oh, totally, I because seen them. we're all in the same boat with timing. So that, uh, I said last week that, you know, last podcast, I won't go over it again, when uh, I was listening to Ariane Titmus win um, the, the, the 200. Yep. I was listening to that on the radio. It was fabulous. And it was the same time that Australia was winning the two. Um, canoeing medals, not canoeing, yep. uh, yacht, yachting. What's it called? Um, like rowing. Well, they were in the rowing. That was awesome out there in the open. But I, on Saturday, I sat myself down to watch the Olympics. I made it. I wanted to really watch it, and I watched McEwen and um, Campbell's race, yep. race, race, get bronze, race, lose, get in and out of the pool, walk past the desk, and then when um, realized and I thought, yeah, yeah, man, that was amazing. That was just absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, super, super proud of those girls. I, they carry themselves so well. They're amazing ambassadors for everything that's good in sport. And I have to say, they were, uh, Peter Bowl was fantastic too. And uh, one of my phrases I like to use now is once again, just showing the sort of systemic opportunity that's available in this wonderful country of ours. For you know, people to come from Sudan, um, be you know, have the opportunity to go to school, be found by coaches and teachers who then support them and lift them and take their natural ability and make it something special. Uh, that was the same with the Oli Roos captain. Yep. Um, and you know, those stories we tend to forget. And I'm my last one has to be Paddy Mills. That dude. Oh yeah. I've fallen in love with him. I got I got a man crush on him. 
He's the most Aussieest dude ever, man. Like I've had a man crush on him for about a decade, mate, because you you Mm. know I follow my NBA so hard. Um, And some good news for him as well. He's been um, picked up by the Brooklyn Nets, um, who are the favourites for next year's NBA title. Doesn't mean you win it if you're favourite, but he's been picked up um, for a couple of years there. So. Um, great well, we're just having this podcast pod, um, post exit. We watched the Boomers, and I was pretty disappointed. You could say it was disappointing in the second half, but in the first half, the actual joy of being in front of the Americans in basketball was something special. And for me, you know what? It's got it out of my system. I don't have to watch basketball for another four years until the Boomers <laughs> are back at the Olympics. It has been interesting, and I haven't picked on you at all, have I? Um, no. You know how much I love my basketball. But anyway, last question uh, that we posed this week, mate, and it's been really good to get people's um, uh, perspectives here without us having to give it. So your AFL team is four points down. You get a free kick 45 metres out straight in front. Uh, who in the history of your club do you want taking the kick? Uh, so I'd, I personally, in the history of my club, would have probably taken Michael Roach in his prime because the guy could kick the ball a mile and he kicked it straight. Unfortunately, got hamstring injuries down the track. Um, Matt Kennings said plugger. As you, you can't really argue too much with that. No. Brilliant kick of the ball. You, you, you couldn't argue there. Uh, Nathan Williams. Now, he said it's not his team. Uh, he's a Lions fan. But uh, he said Brendan Goddard for St. Kilda. Um, he's also said for his own team, he's gone, pretty, he's, gone, he's gone pretty wide here. He's gone Jonathan Brown, Ash McGrath, or Daniel Bradshaw. Okay. Um, all great kicks of the ball. Out of those three, who did you're a Lions man? Who would have you taken? It wouldn't be one of those three. I'd pay, take Akamanis every day. I knew you would, but if it had to be one of those three, Brown, McGrath, Bradshaw, you've got the choice right now. They get the kick on the siren. Jonathan Brown. I'd go Ash Jonathan McGrath. Brown's a big game player, mate. No, yeah, but uh, how many premierships did we win with Ash McGrath on the team? I don't know. I would say none. None. Um, and Bradshaw was there for two. Yeah, uh, pretty sure. Jonathan Brown's one of the greatest players in the history of the club. He's also the captain member of absolute SHIT as well on the back end of his career. Um, and I remember his goal kicking was pretty solid at that in at that end point of his career. In front from, if he was in front from thirty meters out, I don't want it. But yeah. if he's forty five or on the circle and it's um, you know, it's important kick, give me Brownie, mate. Yeah, it's a good call. Uh, Brett Morrison's come out with Fevolenko. So I don't know if he means Alex Jezelenko or Brendan Favola, or he's made a love child out of them. So uh, oh, He's got to mean – yeah, okay. Right. He, uh, knowing Brett, it could be either or. Um, well, we could that, have had Fev kicking for the Lions as well, but I'm not going to – just a bit of low-hanging fruit. No, he left his bag outside with all his uh... – <laughs> My I like that too. I, 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 he's awesome. Yeah, so do, so do I, actually. Um, my dad's cheated here. Might have misread the question. So Gary Fredrickson here said Peter Hudson. Um, but, I mean, if you're a Hawk fan, Peter Hudson had one of the greatest uh, – I know he had one bad game everyone puts up. Brent McGannon, who I know is an Essendon man, has said Tipper. So Tipper Woody. Um, and Nev, Nev Paulson, a great, great cricket man that I had the pleasure of working with, said Peter McKenna, who played for Carlton and Collingwood as a magnificent kick of the ball. So great answers there again, guys, and really appreciate you uh, getting involved in these as well. Peter, awesome commentator as well. Yeah. So, mate, there we go. We um... That's a really good question. And, um, yeah, it's 
you've got to really think about it because dudes kick plenty of goals, but sometimes it takes them a lot of opportunities to kick them. Yeah. Yep. And that's why, you know, a lot of people judge uh, Hudson on one game where he kicked like one goal seven or something, right? But all the game, I think he's the highest ever for how many goals he's kicked. I think he's the highest ever conversion rate in the game. So when we talk about, uh, you know, current generations, we've said this before, current generations are the most skilled ever. I'm bloody not saying it the last few years. I'm not saying it the last uh, season or two. I, I no, think the no, skills no. have gone backwards. I'm going to give you three names of, of players who were super skilled. James yep. Hurd. 100%. Nathan Buckley. Yep. And Michael Voss. And I'd have all of those three kick for goal for me. I wouldn't complain if any of them had a shot on the siren. I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't be hands, you know what I mean? Like you're going to be, I'm someone who doesn't know if I want to look or, or look away when those things are happening, but uh, you wouldn't Well, be I'll tell you what, I was actually it. only going to say James Hurd, but I would definitely have James Hurd have the ball in his hand with 45 out to win a game. Oh, I so said they could take a player from any club. Look, I, I would take Plugger myself. I mean, oh I, yeah, well he's the best. He's the best at it, pretty much of all time. I I've can't speak about Gordon Coventry. I never watched him play. I don't know. No, no, nor do I, mate. So that's exactly right. Um, so yeah, so really appreciate people getting uh, on 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 the uh, page and and so forth. So, mate, what do you want to talk? I probably about? wouldn't take James Manson. <laughs> I wouldn't take David Quoke, as someone put up on the page and gave me grief. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I I went back to that person who barracks for Carlton and said, "Yep." But he did kick eight goals against you in his last game, so revenge is sweet, mate. You got a, you got got anything on your chest you want to get off right now? Because I certainly do. I'm not very upset at the moment. No, I was. I was being upset as you know the last few days. So, ready for my rant? I've been loving the Olympics, and uh, I'm in shutdown, and um, and I'm good. Well, I'm gonna. I think the Olympics, have been, the Olympics have been amazing, but I'm going to have a rant. Okay. It's going to be all over the place, so you can stop me at any point, okay? Six clubs from the English Premier League, Barclays Premier League, whatever you want to call it. I don't care what you call it. We know, we know what I'm talking about. Six clubs decide they want to put a bit of pressure on the Champions League. They want to put a bit of pressure on their own comps, and they decide they're going to be part of a breakaway. Mm-hmm. We're all disgusted at the clubs, not their supporters. We're disgusted at the clubs to do it, right? Yep. There's been no ramifications. None. Have a listen. I'm There's... just pouring one out for you here. Ready? Yep. Can you hear that? Love it. What, what right, are we pouring? So that, that's for you there when you're done, all right? Yep. Okay. So these six clubs... No ramifications whatsoever. There's no um, financial penalties on them. There's no points deductions. There's no transfer deductions whatsoever. We all agreed something had to be done, right? Nothing was done. Manchester City, who couldn't sell out Champions League games at their home ground, they're they're great supporters. We know people like Simon Hill and so forth, and Rob Matthews, a friend of mine. We know their great supporters are as great as anyone. But there's a hell of a lot of plastic supporters in that, that in that group as well. That that's neither here nor there. That's a bit harsh on by me. They've just about to sign Jack Grealish for a hundred million pounds or euros or whatever it is that they do these days. 
So they've had no issue putting in bids for Harry Kane, Jack Grealish, and you can't really blame City because they're allowed to do it, right? They're allowed. No one stopped them. So Jack Grealish has always espoused himself as a Villa man. He came through our academy. He played with us when he was a kid. His grandfather played for Villa. He's always Villa, 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 Villa. And he is going to Manchester City. A, some people might say the money, but I think, you know, it comes to a certain point. He wants to win titles. He wants to win Champions Leagues. He wants to win Premier Leagues. He wants to do all that. But Villa's building something. And Villa's building something pretty darn good for his hometown club that he talks about loving. This guy is not a legend. This guy is a very, very skilled footballer who's been injured the last few years. He will never be a Villa legend. I will never, ever, um, you know, wear a Greeley shirt. I will never, ever say he's a legend. He'll be forgotten in the annals of history from Villa. He's decided to go to City. Good luck to him sitting on the bench. And I'm just, I'm over it. I, I don't want to talk about loyalty or anything. It's money that rules the world. And I would have stayed at Villa if I was Jack Grealish. I don't give a crap what anyone says. If it was my hometown club, if I grew up following him as a boy, if I was captain of my club, I wouldn't be leaving. So, Jack, let the door hit you on the ass, mate. Off you go. Couldn't give a crap about your crap hair and your crap uh, hair ties and all that. You can nick off now because you're not a legend of my club. Thank you for your time at our club. You gave me a lot of joy. And that's it. See you later. Off you go. Go win titles and everyone will know that you just, you know, you're like an NBA player, mate. You just went, went to another club to win titles. So, nick off. That's it. Done. That's my rant, mate. I don't think there's a person who follows a football team who's not in that. I'm not going to go with the big six because I don't think Spurs count. Um, that falls a team that's not in that big four or five clubs who doesn't know how you feel, man. So I can't get on you for being upset about it. Uh, it hurts. It's very difficult. When you become a team that, you know, players leave to go elsewhere to chase, am- chase ambition, it hurts, especially when you think on the cusp of something good. So, yeah, just hang in there, mate. You'll be right. Uh, Louise mate. just come in to see me. Louise, you want to <laughs> say hello to the podcast? Just say hello. You can hear Hang on a sec, babe. Um, everything's cut up for dinner and I left your afternoon tea on the bench for you. Yeah. How's that for perfect, yeah? See? Now, that is a great relationship. So, um, well, My wife is working on the front line of a, how do we call it, uh, a, a very much a government-based um, essential uh, industry during the... Uh, the absolute full clampdown. So yeah, she's working hard. Is she still is she still working for an entity that she worked for many years ago? Yes. Okay. And at the front of house. Wow. Okay. It's it's a really hard gig. So well done yeah. to her and all our frontline people. Um, we cannot thank you enough for the sacrifices you're making with your families and and everything like that as well. So. Thank you to all those people, mate. That was a rant that I held back on. Believe it or not. I've got a few more things I could have said there, but um, it, it is what sport is right now. I've benefited as a Richmond supporter, as you've said, from players coming to try and win titles. So there's a bit of hypocrisy to what I'm saying. But I think back to my own club, and you can talk about 
players at your club. I think about players like Matty Richardson. He could have absolutely gone to any club in the competition. He kicked 800 goals. He's kicked the most goals ever at the MCG. He was never, ever going to leave Richmond. And his dad was a premiership player there. There is still loyalty in sport. And we've got to, you know, probably celebrate that more, don't you reckon? Um, yes, but the clubs also have to be loyal too. Yeah. Oh, look, yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, 100%. But, you know, from all accounts, I'm just talking from a Villa perspective, from all accounts, they fought tooth and nail to keep him at the club. You know, like one of our owners flew out to see him. They did everything they could. They upped his contract. Um, he'd already signed a new contract last year. So I can't really blame Villa in this. And we've gone out, and I'm a hypocrite here, and anyone from these clubs can say it. Villa's actually gone on a spending spree, um, probably signed almost the most players in, in the last few weeks. And uh, we just got Danny Ings. So I'm very happy to get Danny Ings and have Blendy and Bailey from uh, Leverkusen and stuff none like of that. that. So and none of that, none of that's going to make you feel better. Because it just it doesn't. doesn't. It just <laughs> it doesn't. doesn't do it. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, player. Wayne Rooney yeah. ended up back at Everton eventually, and um, Andy Carroll's been at our place for the last two years. And and guess what? Ashley Young's back at Villa. So you know, things, eventually things they come happen. home, mate. I, I, I can't. I don't know any Newcastle fan who went out and bought a, a new Andy Carroll jersey, especially no. not the current ones that have been released. At the most, the worst ever kit. I mean, I thought. Things were bad with Puma. Yep. Man, I've got to take my hat off to Mike Ashley. He found a kit manufacturer who could make a worse-looking outfit for the mags than – it's not hard. It's black and white stripes. Yeah. It's absolutely diabolical. It looks – it's so bad. It looks like the, the first stripe looks like number four. Isn't it, isn't it really scary that you've got such a simple and beautiful jersey and to be able to muck that up, you're 100% right. Um yeah, oh, I don't know how you can possibly muck that up, but you know. Um, oh my god! Yeah. Please, let us, please, someone. If anyone in Australia's got a couple of hundred bucks, please come and buy us. Anybody except for uh, what's his name? He used to own Brisbane uh, Gold Coast United. Anyone apart from Clive Palmer? Um, <laughs> I'd like to see Twiggy Forest buy Newcastle. That'd be nice. Oh, Gina Reinhardt, mate. She's got plenty of dough. I saw her ad the other day for the Swimmers. Yep. Just after we talked about it, I was like, wow, look at that. That was a pretty yes. cool ad. Good timing, eh? Hey? Um, mate, I, I can tell you now that um, one more thing about Villa, and I'm sorry I've dominated with Villa tonight. They're away jerseys. I sent you a uh, sent you a, a away jersey pick. Not too bad. Mm. Not too shabby at all. Their outfits look really good. You just need to get some players to put in them, mate. Yeah, I think we've signed a few, so I'm pretty happy now. You know, we've we've got a good back line now. Couple England uh, English internationals. We've got an Argentinian Copper America winner, so the back one's not looking too bad. But so we'll see what happens at going forward, um, mate. Any other news in the world of sport that you want to focus on? The Olympics has been outstanding. It really has. I wanted to congratulate the Aussie skater today. I watched him. Oh yeah. Um, I also watched the the kayaking team, the Van der Vestuysen, and the dude from the Gold Coast. Once again, what an amazing. Example of systemic opportunities. I want to also have this thought. It's pretty obvious now, I think we can pretty much say it, that the United States, for whatever reason, and I don't know what it is, but they have they have lost the mantle of being the dominant sports nation in the world. I'm watching China, even in the 100 metres relays on the track, 
uh, they are making themselves into the dominant sports country. And yep, um, it's happening before our very eyes. Uh, the Americans are melting down left, right, and centre. I don't know whether they're taking them off the ball. Well, I, I've got my own thoughts on what's going on, but they are not what they were, the Americans. And, yeah, the Chinese are the country to watch. And good luck to them because that's some pretty amazing athletes that they have found. And it's not just, you know, the old diver here and there. I mean, they dominate. They're making finals in every discipline. And I think Australia's had a fantastic Olympics because they've done the same thing. Well... I've got to go back a step and just say one thing about, we're talking about highlights of the Olympics, but I'm not going to say my highlight, but it has been seeing some of the smaller countries do so well. And it is a truly international event. So I think the Olympics, you know, we were talking only a few weeks ago. We didn't even know if um, the Olympics would take off. We didn't even know if it had happened. So they've done a remarkable job. So well done. Oh, and one last thing. Yeah, you want to have a rant. There was this little, um, you know, starting of a story coming out where, you know, there'd been some bad behaviour at the village and a couple of, you know, they'd gotten, you know, rowdy on the plane and all that coming home from the Olympics. And it was coming through with Channel 7. I, I, I thought the chef of mission or whatever you call it, the Australian guy at the press conference did a really good job of hosing it down. People going missing, going out for a night out and stuff like that. It's like, please, Channel 7. Don't turn on the athletes after you've milked them for the whole time. If they go and have a couple of drinks after, you know, months and months of working hard, isolation, all that, performing, and then they know they're going home to be isolated back at home and the beds are made of cardboard and the walls are made of cardboard, you know, don't be showing that stuff. Just go ignore it. They ignore plenty of other stories. Ignore that one. Because don't turn on the athletes. No, that's... Just don't they, do it. And they have. They have. Mate, anything else you want to talk about in the world of sport this week? We'll probably... Do no, man, we'll let people go. Days. I just want a um, big thank you to anyone, uh, everybody who uh, sends us the questions and the statements. I really value that. I don't necessarily agree with everything. Everyone's got their own opinions. Um, but it's great to be in an open and honest dialogue about sport. I'm not perfect. I don't know everything like you don't. Just follow it and enjoy it. And I'm thankful for the different sports and, you know, especially during a lockdown, having the Olympics on is a pretty beautiful thing. It's been amazing. I mean, we've been blessed at having the, you know, being football fans, we've had the Euros and the Coppers and then it's it's backed onto the Olympics. So it's it's kept us in a, in a pretty hard time. We know Victoria's gone back into a lockdown today uh, for at least a week. We don't know what the result will be for us. Um, New South Wales has recorded another 200-odd with with five deaths. So whatever your views are, guys, get vaccinated if you can and when you can and wear your masks and and, and just do everything you can to keep safe because, um, you know, we are all in this together. And I know that sounds Prayers for Sydney. Prayers for Sydney. Their numbers are doing that very scary. They seem to not be able to get it under control. Uh, we've had any number of podcasts where we've uh, been concerned about our friends in Europe and America and South of Brazil or or Bali, whatever. Today's the day to be, you know, it it looks pretty scary in, in Sydney and I really, you know, keep those people in my thoughts. Hopefully in Queensland, we've been able to 
minimise the damage. I can't imagine we won't have another week of lockdown. I don't know what you think, man. Yeah, no, I, I strongly think we will. I think it's uh, as much as it's mentally hard for everyone and parents at home and with kids and all that and teachers such as yourself. Um, I think I just think it'd be the wise thing to do. Um, and you know, can we sacrifice another week and have it flatten out? I think it's the right thing to do. We can cope. We'll be good. Guys, it's going to be a wonderful few days of sport with the Olympics. You've got the NRL on tonight. You've got the AFL, the Premier League. When does the... Hopefully uh, sometime after we get taken over by a Saudi, um, Saudi king. So look at Saudi... Hello? Oh, you there? Yep. Still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. Um, we've got so much to look forward to. We'll uh, catch up with everyone in the next few days. Uh, as we said, put a request in to the Love Sport podcast group on Facebook. There is also the Love Sport uh, Facebook and Twitter uh, feeds. Um, you can get John at Lambic Peach on Twitter and Paul at Paul underscore football. This is, was, and always will be. Uh, thanks for joining us on another episode of the Love Sport podcast. You were joined by Paul and John. You can get us on uh, Facebook and Twitter on the Love Sport Podcast. You can also get me at Twitter at Paul underscore football and John at Lambic Peach. This is, was, and always will be the Love Sport Podcast.